You want to be a doctor, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps dentistry slipped your mind because of lack of resources. You dropped out of nursing school because you failed pharmacology. You don't come from the right family, so now you can't pursue pharmacy. You want to become a physician assistant, but you're un in healthcare. You don't know a single black optometrist and now you're afraid to be the first. Welcome to Melanin in Healthcare, the best uplifting healthcare podcast targeted stores. Students bringing you the necessary education, representation, and inspiration to encourage you to follow your dreams in healthcare. Welcome to episode number nine, Black Men in Medicine edition. Today, I have a special guest, Mark McIntyre, and he is going to talk about his journey to medical school, why he chose medical school, and also tips for everyone else out there. Welcome, Mark, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So let's just get started. So tell us who you are and where are you in your studies? Are you one? Are you in year one, two, three, four, five? <laughs> okay. So um, as mentioned, my name is Mark McIntyre. Um, I'm in, located right now in Columbus, Ohio um, at the Ohio State University College of Medicine. And I am a fourth year, um, so right now I'm completing my um, residency application. Um, I'm going to be applying for emergency medicine this year. Awesome, awesome. And what made you want to study medicine and why medicine and not any other specialty? Oh, well, medicine is is kind of the best career. Um, So uh, I wanted to get into medicine since I was probably about seventh grade. Um, Specifically, I wanted to be a physician. Um, I had a pretty convoluted path, um, you know, and I'm what you consider a non-traditional student, but, uh, uh, you know, I just kind of drawn to it, you know, has all the the things I like, has the science, it has, you know, the people aspect of it, and then every day is something new. So um, that's kind of what drew me into the field. Um, But then once I got into medical school, I kind of decided I was deciding between what specialties I was interested in. Um, and as you, you all may know, there's many different types of doctors out there, and these are what we refer to as specialties. Um, but I was drawn to emergency medicine. Um, and what emergency medicine is, they're kind of like the frontline doctors that people see. Um, they're in the emergency departments. Um, people have emergencies, people have non-emergencies. Um, and emergency physician's job is to kind of decide who's emergent and who's non-emergent. Um, and then if someone is emergent, to basically keep them alive long enough to be seen. So um, I like that, um, it drew me to the field. And so that's kind of um, a short, this is like the short story as to how I got into medicine and why I'm applying to medicine. Okay, okay. What was your journey like to get into medical school? Are you traditional, non-traditional? Did you have to do a post for master's? So I did it all. Uh, I've done the post-bac, um, I've done the separate masters, I've done, I even had a job. So I'm um, just kind of, lay it all out. Um, so after I, I graduated, so at first I came into uh, undergraduate as a bio pre-med, like probably everyone else. Um, about halfway through, I got really into psychology. Um, so I changed my major to psychology and then I also picked up Spanish as well. Um, so I ended up graduating undergraduate with a degree in psychology and uh, like a degree in uh, Spanish. Um, Coincidentally, though, when I changed my major, I had, at the time I decided I didn't want to be a physician, but then I rechanged my mind after I graduated. So now here I am, graduated, haven't finished any of my prereqs, um, and I decided I wanted to be a physician again. Um, 
So initially what I did is I knew I had to get experience in the field. So I, I ended up getting a job. First, I, uh, at, initially, at first I was a teacher and then I ended up getting a job as a medical assistant. Um, and while as a medical assistant, that allowed me to get my, I guess, hands-on exposure to the field, if you will. Uh, and then while I was uh, being a medical assistant, I ended up applying to a postdoc program. Um, I went to one up in Cleveland called, um, at the school called Pace Western Reserve. Uh, their postdoc program was uh, a two-year program. Um, and this was something I found out when I got there, but it also offered uh, a, an opportunity to get um, a degree in business, so an MBA. So it was kind of like the dual degree program, if you will. So I didn't know that until I got there. So um, I began my postdoc program and the first year was just all science courses. Um, and that more or less satisfied all my prereqs. Um, and then after that first year, when I was um, going in, I basically was accepted in the business school. And so basically the program was set up for it, for people who didn't want to go into become a physician, they can go into hospital administration because you'd have the business and the science experience. Um, but in my case, I did want to go into being a physician still after all of this. Um, so I completed both of those programs. I actually got hired out of business school, work, working for a health insurance company, uh, which I worked for briefly. Um, but as soon as I got into med school, I quit that. And then I began med school. So it was a long, convoluted journey, but um, I literally, literally did a little bit of everything. And all of it helped me become a much better applicant because, you know, each one of those events is a different story I can talk upon. Um, and it's a different thing to kind of differentiates you from other candidates, if you will. Right. And so since you did your post bag, did you have to take the MCAT? Yes, I did. So I took the MCAT three times in total. Um, the first time I took it was, I believe it was more or less when I, as soon as I finished graduate school, or not graduate school, I'm sorry, I'm undergraduate. Um, that was the first time. And I actually took the old MCAT. Um, it, mm -hmm. Just to kind of date myself a little bit, but um, the old MCAT, not the one that they have now. Um, and that one had a lot more PCHEM on it. And PCHEM was like literally my worst subject. So it was an uphill battle mm -hmm. for me. So I, I took that as soon as I finished undergraduate. Um, and then a year out from that first date, um, when I found out about the postback, they said, hey, we also have an MCAT requirement. So I took the MCAT again. Uh, and I actually got a decent enough score where I probably could have gotten into med school that time. Um, mm -hmm. However, I. I wanted to get into a better med school. Um, I didn't want to just get into a med school. I had some med schools that I was interested in. So I wanted to take the MCAT again. So after doing one year of the postdoc program, I took it my third and final time. Um, and that postdoc program just really helped me a lot because I was really immersed in the um, upper level sciences. So a lot of the stuff we we talked about in the postdoc program was actually more complex than the stuff I was running into on the MCAT. So it was easy for me to transition over to um, the MCAT and then um yeah I just I got the score that I wanted and then I just kind of went from there okay and what does a typical day look like for you in school oh um see the thing about med school is different per year um so for me as a fourth year I have a lot of off time um so you you basically oh wow <laughs> It's not an easy thing to explain to someone who who hasn't seen it. Um, it'd be better if I just went through each year what you can expect. So your first and second years are what you call your preclinical year. So these are the years when you're not in the clinics or the hospitals. Um, this is when what you typically think of when you think of a med student sitting in lectures and studying in the library. That's what you do in your first and second year. So that day will typically look like this. At Ohio State, we have two types of lectures. We have what we refer to as lectures, and then we have what are referred to as mod online modules. A lecture typically is an hour long, a module is typically 30 minutes. Um, lecture time goes from eight to 12, so that's four lectures. And then modules, you can have anywhere from three to four of those a day. 
in general, however long that module that lecture is, it takes double that amount of time to get through it. So if the lecture is one hour, it'll take you two hours to get through it. So you can do the math. So if I have four lectures in the morning, that's at least eight hours of studying for that day. Then if I have three modules, you know, in the afternoon, each one being uh, 30 minutes, that's an additional three hours. So it can really add up on some days. However, um, you have the luxury of studying at your own pace. So what I would do is I typically would study more or less eight to 10 hours a day. And it sounds like a lot, but it's not a consistent studying through eight to 10 hours. It's like studying for an hour, then take a break, study for another hour, a little bit of YouTube, study for another hour, Facebook and so forth. And it, it goes over the period of eight to, eight to 10 hours. But I wouldn't even start studying until one. Um, I would wake up at 12. Um, so I got to sleep in and I studied from about like one to 10, one to 11. Uh, and then our gym stayed open late, so I would study from like one to ten and then go to the gym. And that would be that's more or less what I did my first or second year. I didn't do that every day, but I would say out of a seven day week, maybe like five or six of those days, that's how I was studying. You typically would schedule one day off for you. You know, to just do whatever you want to do, to hang out, watch Netflix, what have you. Um, when you get in the third year, everything changes. Um, third year, you're actually in that's your third and fourth year, your clinical year. So you're actually in the hospital. So that's the closest thing to what it would feel like to if you've never worked before to having an actual job. Um, you don't have this study time. It's like, no, you have a schedule. Hey, you have to be at the hospital at this time for this shift from here to here. And that's your schedule. Um, and a lot of times for people who've never worked before this, it's, it's a difficult transition. Um, because, you know, in school, you're used to spring break, summer break, winter break, you saw all these things. But in in the hospital, you don't have all that. It's, hey, you have a, a set amount of hours to work, and this is what you, this is your schedule. Um, and each day varies by the rotation. So for instance, um, on your surgery rotations, you, you know, your schedule is gonna be, surgery starts really early in the morning. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uncommon for my days to go from 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, you know, and that's six days a week out of seven, you know, so, and that's just, everyone knows that going into med school, that's what a surgery, rotation will be like on the flip side if you do something like family medicine you know when you're on that rotation those are typical office hours so uh nine to five eight to five so forth you know um and so it just changes per rotation but that's basically my schedule so whatever the rotation i'll do that schedule um and then what kind of what differs in fourth year is fourth year you have more control over your schedule so you can schedule so-called elective months and elective months can just be a blank month for you to do whatever you want um and so that's what I've been doing um, right now. I've done all my rotation months during the summer. And so now I'm on a lot of elective time. So I basically have free time more or less, but that's time to do applications. It's time to do interviews and so forth. Um, so as you can see, it my day to day varies depending on what year I am and what rotation I'm on and, and so forth. But that's just a very a quick gist of what it would be like to be like a, med a medical student um, throughout the, the four years. Okay. And around what time do students um, apply to residency programs? So um, everyone applies to residency programs at the beginning of their fourth year. So um, med school runs all year round with the exception of between first and second year. So fourth year um, for us started in May. Um, so um, and then typically the application season will open up in September. Um, it's just like the med school application, you know, it opens up and you know, they'll say, hey, it opens up on this day, but then you can submit on this other day. That's just how this is. Um, so it would open in September and you'd be able to submit the end of September. But due to COVID, it's been pushed back a month. So actually, our submission date is at the end of October now. It's The application is open, but the submission date is at October, end of October. 
Okay. And what additional training is required for emergency medicine? Uh, for emergency medicine, you just do a residency. Residency programs are three to four years. Um, it's, it's one of the um, shorter residencies out there. Um, you know, it's not, I know you hear a lot about, oh, you have 10 years of school and this and the other after med school. And I'm like, yeah, some residencies are like that. So for instance, if I say I went to be a cardiologist, um, I would first have to do an internal medicine residency, which is three years. And then I'd have to do an additional three years training as a cardiologist. And so that'd be a total of six years. Right. Okay, that's understandable. What tips can you give students about studying for the MCAT? Sure, um, I had my own kind of study plan, so you gotta kind of tailor it to, to you know what kind of student you are. Um, and if you don't know what kind of student you are, you can figure it out doing this. But my study plan was kind of a three month plan. Um, it wasn't kind of. So the first month, maybe month and a half, two at the most, I spent on content review. Um, I literally reviewed and I, I broke it down so that I know it's a lot of content, but I, I scheduled it so that I would cover most of it, or at least the stuff I didn't know over the next month and a half to two months. Um, and the reason I did that was just because it's like, you know, um, you got to feel comfortable with the material before you do anything. But the real bang for your buck is actually going to come when you do practice questions. Um, you can review all the content in the world, but if you don't know how to apply it, then, you know, it really does you no good. So that last month or month and a half, depending on how quickly I got through with content review, I just spent strictly on practice questions. Um, I would do a full length exam every Saturday leading up to the actual exam. Um, and I would simulate real test conditions, which is like waking up at eight, going somewhere quiet, and sitting down and doing it. Um, the reason being this is like twofold. Like obviously you want to get familiar with the test, but then also you want to be have your endurance. You know, like it's almost like you're working out. Like if you lift weights, you know, you got to train to lift weights. Um, and that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm working my brain. Whereas throughout the week, I would try to mainly identify um, areas I was weak at, um, and that's what I was been studying. So, as mentioned earlier, PCAM was just one of my weaker subjects. So on Monday, I'd have, hey, today we're doing stoichiometry. That's all I'm working on for Monday, and I would do all the questions related to that. And if I did do any content review, it would be on that. Then Tuesday, it might be a bio day. You know, hey, uh, this, you know. Mendel's Law or something that's I have a hard trouble with that so I'm going to spend the entire day working on that um, but it was very systematic so I, I only was studying things I didn't know and I trusted that the things that I didn't know I didn't know I already knew so for instance I'm not going to be you know going back over uh, evolution over and over and over and over and over I know that I don't need to keep studying that just because I'm comfortable with it no I need to study you know something that I'm not comfortable with you know like some kind of physics equation so I, that's what I would do um and I was on averaging about during the week, and I'm, during the week is Monday through Friday. It's averaging about doing maybe like 50 questions a day, 50 questions reviewing them a day. And then on the on the weekends, I was doing full ones. So the way I looked at it is by the time I got to the actual exam, I had actually calculated how many questions I had done. I had done something like 5,000 questions before I got to the actual exam. And it's like, if you do something 5,000 times, man, it's, you're gonna be decent at it, you know? So right. that's kind of how I looked at it. Okay. How did you know that Ohio State was the right school for you? Why not any other school? Ohio State took me. That's how I knew. <laughs> that's the short answer right there. <laughs> They're the ones who wanted me. So um, the way med school is, is you know, you if you're lucky, you can get into multiple schools. Um, but I was between two schools. I was on a, I had was on a wait list of both these. I was on a wait list of all three of the schools. Three of the schools mm -hmm. I had interviewed at, at the time. 
Um, but I was there was only two of them that I was really in between. Um, and a house they called me and said, "Hey, we have a seat for you today. Do you want it or not?" And I was like, "You know, you gotta take it." Right. That's good. That's good. What advice can you give incoming undergraduate freshmen who want to become a doctor but they have no clue where to start? As long as you decide and commit to it, then it'll happen for you. Um, I find that a lot of people, they're just not that committed. It's like, you know, there's a lot of hurdles. Um, you know, there, throughout this, my personal journey, I had teachers tell me, uh, family members tell me, friends tell me that, hey, this isn't, this isn't for you, you should find something else. And a lot of people, they just can't take that. Um, when someone tells you, hey, this isn't for them, they just, you know, it, they just, it's like, they be like, okay, they listen, you know what I mean? But it's like the process is either gonna mold you or fold you, you know? So. You might not know what to do per se, um, but the very first thing you need to do is just commit to the idea of like, hey, this is something I'm gonna do. Um, and if this is something I'm gonna do, I have to commit. Um, and it's gonna take some years. It'll take a lot of work, but that's okay because it's like, I'll work up to that. That's the very first thing you should do. The second thing you need to do is you need to find someone who knows what to do. Um, it's usually easy to find a, a friend, doctor, so forth. Or, you really, you can find a friend who wants to be a doctor who has a parent or doctor or something like that. Um, but find someone who knows what to do and you attach yourself to them. Um, the easiest way to get through it is if you just surround yourself with people who know what to do because they'll tell you what to do. They'll give you the game. So it's, you know, um, that can set you apart. So I, I always saw that the people who didn't uh, make it this far are people who it, they weren't committed or they just didn't have anyone around them to tell them what to do. So they, they just didn't do anything. So it's like, those are the two biggest pieces of advice I can give to someone right now they just are completely clueless as to what to do um commit to the idea and then align yourself with someone who knows what to do and then the rest will work itself out um, but you just got to kind of have the faith that it will that's true if you could do it all over again what would you change about your path no nothing um i honestly think after you graduate undergraduate you should take a year or two or three to actually do what you want to do. Uh, med school is a long, a long journey. Um, like depending on what you want to do, this is easily a 10 year, a decade commitment. You know what I mean? And I don't think people can conceptualize what a decade looks like, but so I'll put it like this. 10 years ago, you probably were at home in your parents' house, you know, sitting in your room, waiting on them to drive you to McDonald's or something like that. Cause you couldn't even drive, like, you know, so it's, you know, that's how long a decade is. Um, so when you commit at, in your early 20s to medicine, it's like you might not roll out of here until you're in your 30s, you know, before you finally have reached where you're trying to get to. Um, right. With that being said, the reason why I'm such a proponent for the years in between is because med school is not going anywhere. So it's like, hey, if you want to do something while you're young, do it now. Uh, and that's basically what I did, you know. I wouldn't change anything because it's like, hey, I, I traveled, you know, I, I worked, I had a full experience. I had a regular job was living in, in an apartment in the city like i i lived you know and so by the time i came to med school when they're like oh yeah this is like a 10-year commitment i'm like hey i'm ready because i've already done everything i need to do like even for me um when picking one of the shorter residencies at the minimum this has been seven years of my life four years of med school three years of residency before i could say hey i'm a i'm my own doctor you know so right. and that's and that's on the lowest lowest of low ends um i know for neurosurgery, the residency and training is 10 years. So that's four years of med school plus an additional 10 years of training. So 14 years to, to get up to that level, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are, these are things to consider. So I'm like, hey, if you got something you want to do when you're 23, 24, 25, you want to travel, you want to, you know, and I know it's, it's kind of hard with COVID, but if there's things you want to do, like do them now. 
because um, when it's time to get serious, you gotta get serious, and you know, then it's been time for med school. But I wouldn't change anything. Okay, where do you see yourself in five to seven years? Uh, well, hopefully, I'll be someone's doctor. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm someone's doctor. Um, you know, I think it's the first half of my career. I just want to get good at being a doctor um, before I decide what it is. You know, I want to, where I want to go from there. And there's so many paths in medicine. You'll see. Um, again, like I said, just commit to the idea. If you commit to it, then it, like things will have have a way of finding themselves to you. It's almost like that uh, a law of attraction. You know, like you guys put it out there, you put the energy out there, it comes right back to you. So, um, and I put the energy out, and so I've just been given so many options of just different things I can do. So it's, it's kind of hard to decide now. But we'll see. Right. So, any last tips? Uh, buckle up. It's a ride. It's a ride. You know? <laughs> That's all I can say. It's, it's, a, it's a ride and enjoy it. Um, I have to tell myself even now, like, you know, med school went by quick. I remember when my first, I still remember my, literally my first day. I still remember actually getting into med school, let alone, you know, this time next year, I'll be someone's doctor somewhere. So, it's just, you know, it's a ride. That's all I can say. Right. Right. Thank you for joining episode number nine. And for more education, inspiration, and representation, stay tuned for episode number 10. And thank you so much, Mark, for joining our show. No problem. No problem. And you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.